You're listening to Confidence Looks Good on You Girl. My name is Crystal Morgan, and as a certified self-confidence coach, I help women make confident their new normal. If insecurity, doubt, and uncertainty seem to be your only friends lately, then this podcast is for you. Learn how to make confidence your new best friend. Let's do it. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I hope you're doing well, wherever you are. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Crystal. I'm happy that you're here. And if you've been following me for a little bit, welcome back. And I'm happy that you're here too. All right. By the way, by the time you're listening to this, I am most likely on a plane headed towards Austin, Texas for a mastermind. I have never been to Texas, but I have heard some great things about Austin. So I'm looking forward to checking out a new place and a little bit of adventure for a couple days. And if you happen to listen to this the week of, uh, maybe shoot me an email. Let me know some good places to eat if you're from that area or know it really well. Just pop something over to info at crystalmorgancoaching.com. Could be something new for me to try. All right. Anyways, for this week, I want to share with you what I call the three P's of insecurity. Perfectionism, performance, and procrastination. These are all three areas that I have found to keep that keep you from feeling great about who you are, that keep you from true self-confidence. And as a reminder, my definition of self-confidence is your own ability essentially to trust yourself, to trust yourself to make decisions, to trust yourself to get things right, and to pivot when you get things wrong. And it's all really about just knowing that you're going to have your own back through thick and thin. Thick and thin. (laughs) Thick and in. (laughs) Thick and thin. And things like perfection, performance, and procrastination tend to deceive us into thinking that we're not great and that we're not good enough. And that there's something inherently wrong with us. And so we cannot be confident in our daily lives. And so that's why these are reoccurring things that I speak with myself about and I speak with my clients about. And I'm going to talk to you about it. Um, Today, we'll see how timing goes. But I think we're just going to do perfectionism. And then um, I may break this up into a couple of different parts. So let's just see. Let's just see where this goes, you know. All right. Let's start off with perfectionism. Let's break this down a bit. Now, if you've been following a bit, I've talked about perfectionism before. um, But for those that haven't really heard, (laughs) perfectionism is the belief essentially that you need to get things right as a prerequisite to love or acceptance. It's the belief that as long as you are perfect in how you do things, then everything will work out for you just fine. But All of that has to be correct first. Perfectionism tells you that as soon as you achieve perfection, then you'll feel good about yourself and who you are. It tells you that achieving it is a worthwhile goal because it will keep you driving towards success. It's the thought that the closer I get to perfection, to being right as as a person, the closer I get to being fixed the more control I will have over my own happiness in life. This is the lie that perfectionism has sold to me, and it's the same one that gets sold to you. But here's why it only feels, it only feeds insecurity. 
Because the more and more you strive for perfection, the more you feed into the belief that it's actually possible to reach it, right? Now, I know logically in your mind that you know (laughs) that perfection isn't actually possible, but your heart doesn't believe that, right? You ever have that happen? Your logic says one thing, but your soul seems to just scream something else. And I know this because I've been through it and my clients tell me the exact same thing. I asked, do you think that you can actually be perfect? And the answer is always no, because we kind of know that that's the quote unquote right answer. But there's an even bigger part of you that's thinking, but maybe it's possible. And I just haven't figured out how to do it yet. I just haven't figured out how to make that happen because I see other people and they seem to be way closer to reaching perfection than I am. I'm just the one that hasn't figured it out yet. So no matter what your logic is saying, I just want you to consider that deep down that you believe there is some level of perfection that is achievable. Even if it's on a scale, you're thinking you hit level five out of 17, you entertain that there is some kind of scale in general, feeding and growing the life of perfectionism and how you see it, and you see it as something that is possible to achieve and something to work towards. Now, I'm telling you this because I want you to start getting honest with yourself. It's the first place to always start. You want to be honest about where you are and what you truly believe. And I have sometimes people go, I'd rather believe the answer that I think is right. And I want you to get there too. But forcing yourself there is going to actually take it longer for you to believe it. So if deep down you actually believe that perfectionism is something that you can hit a level of or achieve, start by being honest with that. Now, here's the thing. Now that we've admitted that, yes, that's a piece that I I think I believe that. What happens when you begin to start talking about imperfection then is that we say imperfection doesn't really have a right to claim any space into my life. And your involuntary default response whenever you encounter something that's not perfect that you've done is shame and fear because it's now going against the belief that you have that you should be arriving at that place. You're holding two opposing beliefs at the exact same time. That's why you find yourself when I make a mistake, this goes against my belief system because I shouldn't be imperfect and I shouldn't be making mistakes and perfection reigns here. So you have this involuntary response of immediately going to shame. Shame in that you feel you aren't able to meet something that would seem like a basic part of life, right? Which in your mind is perfectionism. And fear that you will never achieve it. But here's what I want you to consider. What if you stopped entertaining the perfection scale? Meaning not only did you stop trying to climb the scale, but you don't even entertain the possibility that there could be one at all. 
Oftentimes when I mention this, the question then becomes, but Crystal, then what would my goal be? If I can't achieve this perfection so that I can get love, what what do I do now? Good question. I had the same one. I'm going to tell you. Well, I'm going to ask you a question first and then I'm going to take <laughs> But here's the thing. What if the only goal was to practice being who you wanted to be? What if you just owned being you? And what if being you didn't always look like perfection? It just looks like being you. That that was the standard. Which meant sometimes you're happy and sometimes you're sad and sometimes you're joyful and sometimes you're mad. And all of that is just a part of being you. And you don't be joyful perfectly and you're not sad perfectly and you're not happy perfectly. You're just those things. You just, you have the human experience What scares us about letting go of perfection is that we think once we let it go, we'll be all alone. We think that once we stopped having a measuring stick to hold ourselves to, that we will then start to see the truth of who we really are, which we normally only look at the negative parts when we're the the not good enough parts when we're trying to measure it against that perfection stick. We want the parts that we think aren't that becoming to measure up to it. And that's why it always feels so daunting. But I want you to consider that your internal perfection stick can be tossed to the side at any time so that you don't have to take those parts that you think aren't that great and compare it against anything. Imagine what it would be like to simply take those parts and embrace them and love them instead of trying to criticize them against some version of yourself that you think would be better. What would happen if you did that? Well, I'll tell you. You would find it safe to simply just be you because all parts of you, even the parts that you think aren't that great, are no longer trying to live up to a specific standard. They're just allowed to be. Because we never actually try and put our good sections up next to the perfection scale or the perfection stick, whatever you want to call it. We don't go, I'm so bomb at this that now I'm going to like put it up and compare it against this other thing, right? We don't do that. We always take the parts of us that we think are that great and then we try to fix them because we think that they're things that need to be fixed. And we only think they need to be fixed because we're thinking, once I fix this, then I will have reached this particular way that I should be so that others will love me. And even deeper, I will then love myself. But it doesn't work that way because we are not perfect all the time. Are you catching it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, what some people say to me is if I just allow myself to be myself, I allow all the bad parts that I think are there to just be there, right? And I take out this whole perfectionism thing. Wait, 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 wait one second. If I do that, I will stop growing. Won't I just sit down into my my own filth and never become someone better? And if that's what you're thinking and that's you, I totally get it. I totally get it. Here's what I want to tell you, though. That means that most likely you've used personal development and self-growth as a weapon against yourself. 
It means that you've decided that you need personal development or this version of yourself that you think is well beyond you as a means to feel better about yourself. Once I have achieved this thing, this version, then I'll love myself. Then I'll be happy about myself. Criticism, judgment, and you punishing yourself have then become the fuel that you've been trying to use to get yourself to perfection or to some version of yourself that you think you need. And when you get used to that kind of thinking, you don't consider the possibility that love for yourself, compassion for yourself can be an even better fuel source to encourage you to keep growing. Think about a flower or or anything in nature. It grows best under great conditions. When it has everything it needs, sunlight, water, whatever it is, it grows beautifully. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. I know that they've done studies of, and they've even done it, I think, with water, where if you, and a lot of you probably heard, heard of it, but if you speak kindly, if you say really amazing things to a plant, and they, they set this up where they said, you know, great words, um, inspiring words, positive words to a plant, gave it everything it would naturally need, right? Water, sunlight, et cetera. Um, then it grows amazingly. But they noticed if they said negative things and spoke negatively to a plant, still giving it everything that it needs, then it doesn't grow well. We like to think that that punishment, that criticism, those standards, all of those things are what's causing us to keep pushing to grow. But it doesn't. It actually just causes us to spend time and energy on things that don't actually produce produce really great value in our lives. There's just the irony in that we tend to get where we want to go and become who we want to become when we drop perfectionism first because it's actually the thing that tends to slow us down. If you were to picture a race, like a foot race on a track, and if you have three people who are all trying to do the same thing, they want to get to the finish line. That's the goal. Now, if a if, if person A to say is trying to finish perfectly but person b and c are not trying to finish perfectly but their goal is just to finish who do you think is actually going to get there the fastest persons b and c right because person a would be checking all the things that would need to that would need to happen they need to do to get it right before they even made a move whereas the other two could have their shoelaces untied, hair looking a mess, um, you know, you pick your poison there, and whatever else going on, and just decide that getting to the finish line was the actual goal and not actually trying to be perfect getting there. The goal, the end result became the actual goal for them, right? Instead of specifically the process of how they got there. Not only are, you know, competitor B and C less distracted, but also they have a higher likelihood to continue to keep racing and to try and better and better their craft because the burden for them to do it all right isn't there. The only thing their energy is going towards is moving forward. That's it. They're not taking the time to criticize all the way that they, 
uh, all the reasons maybe they did something right or they did something wrong. They just want to move forward. And the the reason I give you that example, obviously it's not the, a perfect example. There's comp- competitiveness and all sorts of things if we put that in a real world, but follow me here. <laughs> but what I want you, what I'm telling you is that growth happens because we want it to. It's, it's not just because we need it to in order to make sure that we can avoid shame. So what I want you to consider this week, if perfection has been your goal up to this point, I want you to consider why has it been your goal? And is it possible that, that, could, that there, there could be better goals out there for you to achieve? Is it possible that reaching for perfection doesn't bring you more control, but rather keeps you further from it because it requires you to set a standard that doesn't really exist? So you never find out what it looks like to take responsibility for your own happiness in the present moment. But perfection, remember, is always a moment away. And that's what keeps you from really seeing what it would like would be like to be in control of your own happiness. What would it look like for you to have a conversation with perfection in a non-judgmental way where you could be free to entertain the idea that perhaps perfection has never actually been your friend and leaves you more lonely than connected, less control than in control, right? And less loved than loved. All right. That's it for today. Next time I'll talk about one of the other P's that I mentioned. So be sure to tune back in next week. And if you haven't already, sign up for the Take Your Power Back Challenge. It's happening next week, guys. So what you want to do, go to the show notes. I've got a link in there. Or you can go to www.crystalmorgancoaching backslash take your power back challenge and it will take you to the sign up page all right until next time my beautiful ladies hey girl if any of this resonated with you be sure to rate review and subscribe and if you want to work with me one-on-one visit www.crystalmorgancoaching.com once again that's www.crystal M-O-R-G-A-N coaching.com. See you next week.